0: Hey, hey, beautiful friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here again today for yet another episode in my series about the foundational concepts of positive intelligence. So if this is one of your first episodes joining me, welcome, I am grateful that you're here. I love this community so much and I'm so happy to have you be a part of it. But today's episode is building on some prior episodes. So if you have not heard episodes 63, 65, and 66, I would go back and take a listen to those before you dive into this one. Positive intelligence is a coaching modality that I use with myself and my clients. It's one of the many tools that I have in my toolbox for personal development. And it's a really beautiful, well-researched modality of mindset management. And so the topic for today is three of the accomplice saboteurs out of the nine total that we all have. And none of this is going to make a lot of sense to you if you haven't heard some of those previous episodes. So in last week's episode, number 66, I talked about um, another set of three of the accomplice saboteurs. And then in episode 63, I really gave you the information about the foundational concept that our brains have two sort of distinct regions that are visible on functional MRI scanning. One of these regions is the part of our brain that sort of keeps us stuck. In negative thinking and negative emotion and even though it pretends to be useful it actually keeps us sort of stagnant in our lives or at least it keeps us not fully achieving or living to our full potential and then the other part of our brain is the sage part of our brain that operates with our greatest good at heart and is the part of our brain that when we are tapped into it creates this limitless possibility for happiness, contentment, accomplishment, connection, empathy, creativity, and all of those other amazing things. So please go back and check out those previous episodes if you haven't heard them already, because today I'm going to dive right in to my description of three more of the nine saboteur thinking patterns of our brains. So this saboteur region of our brain, like I've mentioned before in the other episodes, is really this primitive, biological, hardwired part of our brain that develops really early on in our childhood. And the patterns that it has are in some ways innate to us and just sort of a product of like who we are and our unique personalities. But these patterns are also fostered by things that happen early on in our lives. And These patterns, it should be noted, are also representative of some of our greatest gifts. So when I'm talking about these saboteurs, they all do have a really positive side of what we are really excellent at and skills that really serve us in our lives when they come from a sage twist. But in the shadow of the saboteur, these thinking patterns actually are usually detrimental to our overall well-being. So the first one that I want to talk to you about today is the avoider, and this avoider, saboteur, is really insidious. (laughs) I see a lot of people that maybe don't necessarily have a very high avoider saboteur overall when they take the quiz from the positive intelligence website where you do basically an assessment of your top saboteurs. I see people who don't just have a high avoider overall, but they tend to flip into an avoider mentality um, really easily under certain circumstances. So like, for example, maybe in their relationships, they will sort of get into this avoider saboteur mentality, whereas in pretty much every other area of their life, they're very action oriented and confrontational even, or maybe they have a high controller like we talked about last week or whatever else. But they still do have a tendency to flip to avoider in some cases. And that's actually an important point because, you know, we all have all nine of these saboteurs in varying combinations. And even though when you take the assessment, you'll find out that you probably have um, a top three that are the most predominant. We all do have all of them and they can come out and be expressed in different areas of our lives. So even if you operate with sort of three main saboteur thinking patterns in most of your life and therefore also have the three gifts that those saboteurs can bring you on the flip side you might find that in one particular area of your life or in one specific relationship that you really tend to um, tap into the thinking patterns of a different type of saboteur. So it's just really interesting to be aware of. And that's why it's important to have sort of a little fundamental understanding of all nine accomplice saboteurs, because it's not just your top three that are operating for you. It's all of them at different times and in different situations. So this avoider saboteur is the one that really has you focus only on what's positive and pleasant and avoids having you think about the difficult or unpleasant parts of life. This is like the rose-colored glasses <laughs> saboteur, but like in a negative way where they sort of just have their blinders on to anything that feels a little bit sticky or uncomfortable and they want to focus only on the positive in an extreme way. This saboteur is the one that has you wanting to avoid conflict and maybe say yes to things that you don't actually want. It's the one that sort of downplays like things that might actually be a big deal, and it's the saboteur that makes you want to minimize those things that are actually a big deal. This avoider saboteur can create passive-aggressive behavior because it sort of is repressing its unhappiness with the reality of life and it's trying to only look on the bright side but then all of that darkness that's really under there and the things that it's upset about kind of come to the surface in the form of passive aggression Um, and the avoider is the one that probably results in a lot of procrastination because, you know, those tasks and those things on the to-do list, they're just so unpleasant and un- and boring and they're uninteresting and all of those things. And so the avoider saboteur is the one that sort of tells you to just push those off and don't worry about them. So some of the thoughts that you might have, which again, these thoughts might be so under the surface or they just might be like part of your belief system and so well ingrained that you don't really even identify them as thoughts. You just think that they're true. But when you really start to step back and look at it, all of these thoughts are just optional sentences in your mind, and none of them are the actual truth, and none of them are actually the way that you need to be thinking about things if you don't want to and if it's not serving you. So if you have a strong avoider saboteur, some of the default thoughts that you might kind of have in the background of your mind are things like, this is just way too unpleasant. If I just ignore it, it'll probably just go away. Or if I get into a conflict with somebody else, I might lose my connection to them and that's not worth it. You might have thoughts like, I'd rather just let someone else have their way rather than cause any sort of a scene. And you might have thoughts like, everything's fine right now. Everything's pretty good. I really don't want to mess with this balance that I'm currently experiencing. I don't want to rock the boat. That seems really scary. And so some of the feelings that might come up from these avoider-based thoughts are anxiety. That's a big one because there is this underlying knowledge that like something's wrong, something needs to be addressed, some task needs to be done, but the avoider has you putting it off or not facing it. So there's like this bubbling anxiety under the surface that you aren't fully addressing when your avoider is really strong. There's a lot of fear that your peace and harmony is going to be interrupted by any sort of conflict or change. And then there can also be an element of anger or resentment underneath because of the fact that you're really not dealing with these important things that you actually probably should be dealing with in your life. And so the main lie that your avoider saboteur is telling you and convincing you of and the belief system that it's creating for you is that no good comes of conflict and somebody needs to be the peacemaker so it might as well be you and those sound so pretty right but when you have this belief system that no good ever comes out of conflict that really keeps you in a place where you stay stuck and you sort of start to acquiesce to what other people want or you just try to go with the flow But it's at the detriment of what you actually desire. You're basically giving up what you want in order to just maintain harmony. And that doesn't really drive you forward. It actually is a great setup for a lot of resentment. And so with this avoider saboteur, when you find yourself sort of denying that, you know, conflicts and negative things exist, you don't get to actually work on them. You don't get to actually find the gift in them or create an opportunity out of them. For example, if you have a strong avoider overall, or if you have an avoider that comes out in your relationships and you want to like put your earmuffs on and be like, la, 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 like there's no conflict here. Everything's fine because you're so terrified to rock the boat with your partner. You really miss out on the opportunity to have some amount of conflict or tension and therefore conversation and growth with your partner. You deny yourself the ability to voice your concerns, understand your partner's side, reach some sort of mutual understandings, and really evolve together as a couple. The avoider can also really, for that reason, keep your relationships superficial because you're not willing to go into the parts that are difficult in order to go to a deeper level. And then other people can sort of feel these saboteur aspects that we have oftentimes. And people might not fully feel trust in you if you have a high avoider saboteur because they're not really sure when you are just like sugarcoating and avoiding something or when you're actually truly fine with what's going on. So as with all of our saboteurs, what do we do? We want to give them some kind of personification, characteristics, the way they look, the energy that they have we might want to give them a name we really want to get this crystal clear image of this avoider saboteur in our mind so that when these thoughts start coming in that like nothing good comes out of conflict and being the peacemaker is really the most important thing here you can start to sort of separate yourself from those thoughts and realize like oh hey yep that's my avoider coming in to this situation and I don't necessarily have to listen to her or him, and I don't have to believe those thoughts. You can give yourself some space to consider whether maybe getting into a little bit of a discussion is a productive thing, or voicing your your concern is what you want to do, Or, you know, that siren call of, like, go lie on the couch and avoid doing your to-do list that you actually really want to get done, you can recognize, hey, that's my avoider just, like, tempting me to go hang out and avoid doing these difficult things that are on my list of tasks, when actually... My long-term well-being requires that I do these tasks and I actually want to do them. And my sage knows that they are in my best interest. And so I don't actually have to listen to those thoughts that are just being offered by my avoider telling me that I can just put them off. Okay. The next accomplice saboteur that I want to talk about is the hypervigilant. So hypervigilant is exactly what it sounds like. It's this sort of saboteur that keeps you in continuous anxiety about everything that can possibly go wrong in life, and really a focus on what could be dangerous. Like, it's this sense of never being able to rest. You're always on the lookout. You're always scanning. And, you know, we all have that negativity bias of our brain, right, that's on the lookout for what could go wrong more so than what could go right. But some of us have a really strong hypervigilant saboteur that takes that really to the next level, where there's a constant scanning for any possible danger or um, bad situation. And so, of course, when you have this strong hypervigilant saboteur, you are probably really sensitive to any potential danger signal. You're in this chronic state of doubt about yourself and others and the circumstances around you. You might find yourself really suspicious and like skeptical. And you might find yourself being someone who really seeks reassurance and guidance in like procedures, rules laws, regulation, those things can all feel really comforting because they give you at least the false sense, um, maybe the true sense, but at least a false sense that like everything will be okay if we just follow the rules and we'll be safe from these perpetual dangers that are coming at us. And so if you have a strong hypervigilant saboteur, some of the thoughts that you might find running in the background when you really start to examine it are things like the other shoe is about to drop, or what's possibly going to happen next. You might find yourself thinking, I wish I could trust people, but I'm just really suspicious of their motives. Or, you know, what does that person really mean by that? Or how can it be true that things are actually this good right now? Um, There could also be thoughts like, I just need to know what the rules are, because if I know what the rules are, then I can stay safe. And so, if you're having these sorts of thoughts driven by your hypervigilant saboteur, you might find yourself feeling really anxious, on edge, on high alert, and also skeptical and even cynical about even the people closest to you. A high hypervigilant saboteur could present in your relationships like a lack of trust. You might feel that you are unable to fully trust your partner to tell you what they mean, to mean what they say, to be honest with you, you might find yourself feeling tempted to like snoop around or look at their phone or, you know, interrogate them about like, what exactly did you mean by that? Because your brain just has this thinking pattern that has developed that can be characterized as a hypervigilant saboteur that's telling you that like something is about to go down and you better be on the lookout or else we're not going to be safe. And so really the main lie that this hypervigilant saboteur tells you and wants you to believe is that life is just full of danger. And if you're not on the lookout for them, then who will be and how will you possibly stay safe? And, you know, this is a really hard way to be right. This is like a pretty uncomfortable um, type of life to live where you're constantly on edge. You feel really anxious a lot of the time and you use up so much of your energy looking out for the next danger that you don't have as much energy to put into your creative endeavors and your relationships and just enjoyment of life. It really puts a damper on your sense of joy because you are under the assumption that something bad is about to happen all the time you might also find yourself falling into like this boy that cried wolf type of phenomenon where you're always being really alarmist and then eventually the people around you kind of stop um, putting a lot of credit into what you're saying because you're like always saying that something's wrong you might have some kind of hypochondriac tendencies with your own health like assuming that you know every headache is a brain tumor (laughs) every cough is lung cancer all of those kinds of things and so This hypervigilant saboteur really just keeps you on this um, overstimulated type of energy and drains so much of your vital energy that could be used so much more productively. And so if you notice these tendencies in yourself, nothing has gone wrong. It's just a thinking pattern that you have. You can put a character to it, give it a name, give it a personality, And really just recognize when those thoughts start to come into your head, telling you that like shit's about to hit the fan, you can step back and be like, hey, saboteur, you're my hypervigilant. What's up? I was expecting you and thanks so much, but I'm actually not going to worry so much about that. I'm actually going to consider what could be going right here instead of everything that could be going wrong. Okay. And then the third saboteur that I want to talk to you about today out of these nine accomplice saboteurs is the hyper rational. So don't get confused. We just talked about hyper vigilant. And now we're talking about the hyper rational saboteur, which again is kind of self-explanatory, right? This is the one that is really like focused only on the rational processing of everything. It wants data, it wants the facts, it wants to analyze. And it does that even about things that aren't so rational, like relationships, right? And inter, you know, human connection. These types of the people that have this type of saboteur, if you have a really high hyperrational saboteur, they sometimes can come across as like cold or distant or even arrogant because they are always sort of thinking and in the data zone, and that um, human connection and like softer part of empathy and relating to other people isn't always there when the hyperrational is really activated. So it can be a really private type of a person who has a hyper-rational saboteur, it might be afraid to share a lot of ideas or feelings. Sometimes people with a high hyper-rational saboteur will express their feelings only through a passion in like their ideas or their projects because that feels a little bit safer than actually diving deep and letting anybody know about what's really going on for them emotionally. They Sometimes tend to be people who just kind of like watch what's going on around them and are analyzing it, but they don't necessarily get fully involved. And if you have a strong hyper-rational saboteur, you might find yourself being someone who loves to get into a debate, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. That can just be one of the characteristics though, that could tip you off that you really like to look at the facts and like argue a point and figure out like all the data behind any particular idea. And so some of the thoughts that you might have if you have a strong hyper-rational saboteur are things like the rational mind is everything and feelings are just fluffy and a distraction. You might also have a lot of judgment of other people and you have thoughts like some people are just so sloppy with their thinking or they're just so silly to go off onto all these emotional tangents. You might have a a belief system that the most important thing to me is knowledge and insight. That emotions and my other needs really just distract me from my work and my projects. And then there could be an underlying belief that my self-worth depends on my mastery of knowledge and being competent at what I'm doing. And so, when you have those kinds of thoughts driven by your hyper rational saboteur, you might have a lot of feelings of frustration. You might be really frustrated, especially with people around you. There could be a lot of judgment, again, of people's like fluffy, touchy, feeliness. And you could find yourself kind of frustrated or irritated with people's emotions and things that you consider to be kind of irrational and silly. You could also feel kind of anxious and on edge that your personal time and energy are going to be interrupted by these really inconvenient intrusions from other people who have their own thoughts, feelings, and emotions. You can have a lot of feelings if you have a strong hyper-rational saboteur of like isolation, loneliness, or being misunderstood. You might feel like you just don't fit in because you're kind of in this almost like robotic (laughs) vibe and everybody around you seems to be experiencing so much more emotionally And you don't really feel like you have that same emotional range. And so it can feel that you're really different from other people sometimes. And then, of course, you might have a lot of feelings of skepticism or cynicism because of the thoughts that your hyper-rational saboteur offers you. And so the main lie that your hyper-rational saboteur offers to try to keep you safe, yet in a misguided way, is that the rational mind is where it's at. We have to protect the rational mind from all of the intrusions of messy emotions and all of that other silliness so that we can just get our stuff done. And when you have this strong hyper-rational saboteur, it can really limit the depth of the relationships that you can have. And it can even hinder you in things that are more analytical because you're so like laser focused on data that you become inflexible. So even though you have the gift of being able to really hold a lot of information and look at the facts, sometimes you might take a really rigid viewpoint because of that. And so even in your work, you can become inflexible or miss the other possibilities or limit your creativity. And then definitely in your relationships with everybody that you interact with, There can be sort of this aloofness or this intimidation factor that you bring to the table and definitely a lack of depth and connection. So if you feel like you have a strong hyper-rational, give it a name, give it a personality, recognize the thoughts when they come into your head, name them as being your hyper-rational saboteur, call them out. And in doing just that, you start to create that distance between these thoughts in your head and who you really are. The whole point of naming these saboteurs is to give you a really nice tool to separate the thoughts in your head from the facts and to separate the thoughts in your head from who you actually are. Because all of these thinking patterns are here in an attempt to serve us in our lives. But when we start to really look at the results that they create for us, we realize that they don't serve us as much as being in our super wise sage perspective where the possibilities for our life are endless. So, If you haven't yet taken the quiz on the positive intelligence website, it's linked in the show notes of this episode, go there, take the assessment, send me a screenshot because I really love to get to know you guys and know which are your top saboteurs. But also I am just so happy to offer you any sort of little tidbits and feedback that I have based on my study of positive intelligence that can sort of help you manage your mind and your thinking once you know your top three saboteurs. So go take the assessment, send me a screenshot either via email or DM of your results, and let's talk about it because this work can be really transformational and it can change your outlook on so much just by recognizing that saboteurs exist and what yours are. Okay, my friends, I hope you have the most amazing week and I will be back in next week's episode with the final three accomplice saboteurs. So I will talk to you then. Take care.